Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, I'm going to keep this simple. Welcome back to Straight Up with Stassi. I'm Stassi Schroeder-Clark. Let's do this. Welcome to Straight Up with Stassi. You guys, I'm doing something on this podcast that I don't think I've ever done before. We're going to talk about sex. You guys, I have Vanessa Marin here. She is a licensed psychotherapist who has 20 years experience in sex therapy. She's a New York Times bestselling author along with her husband. Uh, The book is called Sex Talks, and it is the five conversations that will transform your life love life. They also have a podcast together, which is like the number one like sex podcast out there. Right. And that is called Pillow Talks. Vanessa, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I can't believe you have never talked about sex on an episode. I'm so excited to be the first. (laughs) Yes. No, you're the first. Like it's come up in conversation, but like I've never, I've never had a sex therapist on or anyone who's an a sexpert. So like this, <laughs> writing this outline and, and devoting like a whole podcast. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is the first time. So I'm welcome. very honored to be the first. Very excited. So I just want everyone to know how I found you. Um, you guys, I've talked about how I'm like obsessed with TikTok. I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not very active on it, but I love to observe on TikTok. And I came across one of Vanessa's TikToks recently. And it was entitled, it was like, why I make out with my husband every night before bed. And I immediately was like, I need to watch this. What, what does this mean? And I, I, I kind of want you to get into it, but like right when... I watched it. I was like, holy shit, let me go look at her other videos. And I looked at all of y'all's videos and and I, I said this earlier, I am a new fan. So will you just teach me all the things? <laughs> will you explain why you make out with your husband every night before bed? Because most of us who hear that, we're like, that sounds fucking exhausting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, so I decided to start, we decided to start doing this together because like so many couples in long-term relationships, we've been together for 15 years, we were not making out very much. And, you know, I think Yeah, Sames. I think that's one of the most exciting things at the beginning of a relationship. Like remember those first kisses, those first makeout sessions, like you would feel like you could just make out for hours with that yeah. person. It was so exciting. Mm-hmm. And then you get a couple years into it and... You're not making out anymore, right? I know. So we had stopped making out. And really the only times that we were making around making out were during sex. So we had both started to make this connection that, oh yeah, if we start making out, that's like a secret initiation or like trying to have sex. And so we'd really stopped doing it. And I thought to myself, I miss it. I miss making out. I miss that, that chemistry, that almost like innocent feeling. It kind of brings you back to when you're a teenager and making out was just the most amazing feeling ever. Mm-hmm. So we decided to start 
doing it at night. And we were really specific with each other about this is not initiation. We are not using this to have sex. We want to bring back the makeout just for the sake of a makeout. So we're really breaking that connection between making out and sex. So for us, the end of the night felt like a nice time to do it. And we initially were like, let's just try it for a brief period of time, like, you know, a minute or so. Like, we don't need to put any big pressure on it, but like, at least there's got to be a little tongue contact. And so that very quickly just turned into this nightly ritual that we love doing with each other. And we've been doing it for a few years now. And it is so nice that no matter what has been going on during the day, no matter when the last time was that we had sex, like we always have this little ritual of connection at the very end of the day to like kind of close out the day with each other and have that little moment of intimacy. It's made us surprisingly big difference. I know. I, I, when I think about it, that makes so much sense because I totally miss making out. I do too. And I know for a fact that my husband has to miss it because like he's more sexual than I am. (laughs) (laughs) But there is that pressure. I do feel Mm -hmm. that, that if I am touched at all, That means we have to have sex and Uh I'm tired and exhausted all the time. I can't have, or I won't say can't. I am not, um, as (laughs) I feeling as sexual as I normally, as I used to, Mm -hmm. like, I can't believe that I used to have sex like multiple times a day. What the, that makes zero (laughs) sense to me now, but I do want that intimacy with him. I do Mm -hmm. love making out. I'm just scared that like, if we do this makeout thing or if I'm touched, then that means we have to have sex every single time. No. Yeah. I think that's what, why people are resonating so much with the TikTok is they're just sending it to their partner and it's opening up this conversation between them of being able to say like, Hey, look at what this sex therapist and our husband are doing. It sounds kind of interesting. So it gives you a way to open up the conversation and to be really clear about like, let's just do exactly what they're doing. Like she's a therapist. This is her recommendation. So it gives you a great way to introduce the idea to your partner instead of just having to come to them out of nowhere and say like, I had this weird idea that maybe we could do this and then not ever have sex. Is that okay? Wait, no, totally. Cause we were in the car the other day and I was like, Bo's like, Oh, who's your, who are you interviewing this week? And I was explaining who you were. And then we were trying to explain the makeout thing. And he's like, but it's not going to lead to sex. He's like, so it absolutely won't lead to sex. And I'm like, no, it won't, Bo. <laughs> That's the thing. It's not going to. It's to bring us closer together, to have a little more intimacy. Mm-hmm. He is so um, like sex driven. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like mm-hmm. that's where his brain goes, which is which has been kind of like weird because I feel like I used to be the more sexual one. And then Mm -hmm. during COVID, it's like, as we've gotten older, ever since I gave birth, like I got pregnant, I had a baby, I'm pregnant again. My sex drive is like, it's plummeting. It like Mm -hmm. really is. I have to make a concerted effort to initiate sex or like really get it. Like it's, it's harder for me nowadays, but for Mm -hmm. him, it's like only gotten that desire has only gotten stronger. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I wanted to know, well, I mean, I know you do, if you have any, this is selfishly, I'm asking for myself, 
any oh, tips? Ask all, ask all the questions. Yeah. We can turn this into a little personal session. <laughs> yeah, let's just turn it into a personal session. Any <laughs> tips for how to deal with that? Because this is the thing, and I do want to get into the bristle effect because I think mm-hmm. that that's such like a fascinating topic. It's like, I am so attracted to him. I think he's so handsome. And when we do have sex, I'm like, God, why don't we do this more? Like, I wish we mm-hmm. did this more. But then the next day rolls around and just life gets in the way and I'm tired or I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or I'm like, I only mm-hmm. have like an hour of free time today and I'd really like to spend it in solitude, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, do you have, how can you help me be better? Okay. <laughs> I'm fascinated by what you just said because you said something that makes me think that you might be one of the two sex drive types. And a lot of people don't realize there are two sex drive types. We just think of it as like, yeah, do I feel horny? Do I have a libido? Like that's it. But there are actually two different types. And what you said, the like, I'm in the middle of it thinking, why don't I ever want this more? That is a classic sign that you're one of the types, which is called responsive. Responsive. So these okay. two types, yeah, responsive this sex down. Type. <laughs> <laughs> so these two types boil down to where do we feel the interest in sex first? Do we feel it mentally in our heads or do we feel it in our bodies? So the other type of sex drive is spontaneous. And that type, you feel it in your head first and then your body follows. And this is always how we see sex on TV and in the movies. It's like that idea of sex randomly pops into your head and you're like, let's go do it. It just feels very spontaneous, right? But the other type of desire is the exact opposite. Your body needs to feel the desire first before your head starts to think, huh, this is a good idea. So if you're in the middle of sex, your body is starting to be, you know, pleasured, it's turned on, it's getting excited. And then your head is kicking in and thinking, oh yeah, this does sound like a good idea. (laughs) So that's just like, just having that understanding because so many women, women in particular tend to be this other type of sex drive type responsive. And a lot of women tell me like, I feel like I have low sex drive or no sex drive or something's wrong with me. And so just starting with that realization of like, no, 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 nothing's wrong with you. This is just how your sex drive works. That can be really life-changing. So if I, if not if I, but if, if your husband is to ask you at any random point during the day, do you want to have sex? Your answer as a responsive desire is, is almost no. always going to be no, because your body's not turned on first. So you have One. to lead with the body, not with the head. Vanessa, that is so accurate because Bo literally <laughs> will do that. And I'm just like, I appreciate you asking and I love you so much. But like, no, I'm not in the I'm not in the mood. Yeah. But like, how do I get in the like... I can't all be on him to like make this work. It's like two people in a relationship. I can't wait to be the responsive one. So what's a, what's some form of physical contact with him that you almost always enjoy? Like, it doesn't matter if you've had a tough day or, you know, you're tired. Like you just like, there's some form of physical contact that you enjoy. Something really simple. Maybe it's like hugging, holding hands, kissing. I love a a hug. Um, He gives me massages. That's great too. (laughs) Okay. So instead of initiating verbally, like initiating to your brain, 
he's got to get some physical stimulation going. So could he offer to give you massages or offer to just like sit on the couch with you and hold your hand for a little bit and give you some time for your body to get kicked in? He does that. Oh my God. This makes me feel so horrible that like he's doing all the things. Well, but this is is why having the, no, the information, like having the information is so valuable for you because in the past, like up until now, he's been doing these things and you're like, great, that's nice. I enjoy that. But now that you know, this is how your sex drive works. This is an opportunity for you in those moments to say like, okay, I'm getting the physical contact. Let me actually feel it. Let me pay attention to like, how does this feel? And what are the sensations that I'm feeling? And is this giving my desire what it needs to like start to get going? So just that awareness and that understanding, I think will really change things up in the moment for you. I love that. And now I'll be able to go and explain this to him. I am the responsive partner Mm -hmm. in this relationship. Okay. Okay. Because I really do do want to... Yeah. More physical contact. Your body needs something to respond to. So more physical contact. And think of like, what are the other, you know, are there other types of physical contact that you really enjoy? I mean, I do really love making out, which is why I'm so excited to try this thing. Uh-huh. You know? So that could be it too, you know, that he's just initiating. A, so he could ask you, hey, want to make out, <laughs> you know, or you could go up to him and be like, want to make out and then give yourself the time to like, to actually feel excited about that, like feel how good it feels to connect with him in that way. Yes, I actually I'm going to make more of an effort, Vanessa. I am. Love it. You're inspiring me right now. (laughs) Later on, even if I'm ridiculously tired and like my daughter's still screaming in her room during bedtime, I am going to be like, do you want to make out? And I'm going to initiate something because I feel like he deserves it. it. Report back. (laughs) Let me know how it goes. (laughs) Can you can you explain to my listeners about the bristle effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was something else that I I just like kind of said it in the TikTok for a second and a ton yeah. of people were like wait a minute we need to know more about this. So, what the bristle reaction is is when your partner comes in to touch you, to give you a hug, give you a kiss and you feel your body literally bristle. So, another good way I have of describing it is if you've ever had a stranger kind of invade your personal space and you feel your body like go tense like, "Oh, you're you're too close to me, like back away." It's that same kind of reaction, but you're having it with your partner. So a lot of women in particular have this and will again, tell me like, what is wrong with me? What, like, this is my partner. I love them. They're my person. Like, why am I having this really intense reaction to them? And so what the bristle reaction is caused by is by us not initiating sex like more clearly and directly. So this is another long-term relationship thing. Like in the beginning, we're much more clear of like, we're, we're doing it. Do we want to do this? And as time goes on, we stop really initiating very clearly. So we start trying to like, you know, just extend a kiss a little bit longer or like hold on to your partner and you're not letting go. Yeah. (laughs) And I think, I think most of us, like, I bet, I I bet you could tell in the moment, like you can tell the exact moment that your husband is like, 
yes. wanting it to be leading to more, right? <laughs> 100%. It literally is just like one extra lingering second uh-huh. of something. Like yeah. one little lingering second. And I know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it's, you know, because our bodies learn to be get really on guard. It's like, well, I don't know what, it, you know, when they're actually initiating. So I've got to pay attention to the sen- to the signs that I'm getting. And so we react in this really like bristly way. And especially if we're not having very much touch or kiss, like non-sexual outside of the bedroom, then every little touch and kiss feels so much more like intense and we're so much more on guard. So that's what can create this feeling of like, oh, you know, it, you're just like coming in to touch my shoulder. And I'm like, no, don't touch me. Yeah. Wait, I think that though, I do want people to know, cause you did do a, a TikTok on like the bristle effect versus, or the bristle reaction versus the ick. And I think that's mm-hmm. so important because yeah, I they- don't want people to hear this and be like, oh my God, I feel this. I'm not in love with my husband or my partner. Like that's, yeah, that's not, not it. Yeah. And I want to normalize, like I've felt the bristle reaction with my husband, Xander. He's felt it with me. Like it happens in normal loving relationships. It's okay. So the ick does tend to happen more in dating. And it's like, you've discovered something about your partner that makes you no longer interested in that person. And it can be anything. So like a great example that came up for me when I was dating is if somebody was rude to the wait staff, like that was just an instant, like, no, I'm, I'm not, that's, this is the last date. I don't really want to hang out. anymore. So it's more in the dating phase and it can be anything. Whereas the bristle reaction is in a long-term relationship and it's specifically around touch. Okay. So I I just want everyone to know, like, don't be alarmed if Mm -hmm. you're feeling this bristle reaction, because even when I saw your video, I was like, holy shit, what does that say about me? That sometimes I get like, I tense up when Bo touches me. And it's normally like when he comes up and like grabs my boobs or just like things like that. And I'm just like, (laughs) if I, I like, literally, I'm like so annoyed. I'm like, don't touch me because like I know that this punk. like why I've polled women about this before I'm like you know everybody's unique there's got to be somebody who likes it and I think in my entire career like three women have told me like actually I kind of <laughs> like it like women hate it do not honk our boobs please play this podcast out loud in front of your partner and crank up the volume like we do not like it yeah. so that's that's also like a wrapped up in this whole thing is like a lot of part partners, we start to feel so vulnerable and shy and uncomfortable with initiation that we start doing it in these like jokey ways. So he might reach out and like honk, honk you. And if you're like, no, get away from me, then he can say, oh, I was just joking. Like I I wasn't trying to start anything. But of course, like it doesn't actually feel good to you. Like initiation should feel exciting. It should feel like an invitation. So when you're just getting grabbed at, or sometimes it also happens like your partner will make a dumb joke about like, oh, want to have the sex or something like that. And you're like, no, it's not fun that way. But it's (laughs) again, like we try to do it in these joking ways so we can say, oh, I, I wasn't actually serious about it. Totally. We've talked about this too. (laughs) Going to the grocery, time consuming and 
expensive, but more importantly, time consuming. And now that I have a child, going to the grocery store is that much harder. That is why Thrive Market is my go-to for all of my grocery and household essentials. And the convenience of getting it all quickly shipped to my doorstep is a huge time saver. I also love that with this is my like complete favorite part of Thrive Market is they have tons of filters that you can put on their website or the app if you're using the app. There's over 70 filters. So whether you're looking for certified gluten-free snacks or like non-toxic cleaning essentials, you can curate your own shopping experience with just the click of a button. So you can find exactly what you need. Let's say you don't even, there's like, you, you're looking for new snacks for yourself, but you don't even know where to begin. You don't know what kind of snack you want. You can put in all of these filters and it'll narrow it down to exactly what you are looking for that you didn't even know you needed. It's, it's amazing. So on top of that, there's massive savings on each order and Thrive Market has a deals page that changes daily. So it gives me cash back on so many brands and they have a price match guarantee. So join Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash straight up for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash straight up. Thrivemarket.com slash straight up. Isn't it crazy how... And you said this, that like in the beginning of a relationship, we're much more communicative and open about dealing with sex than when we are in a long-term relationship. And you would think they're like, oh no, but we talk about everything and we're so open about everything. But no, like initiating sex, yeah, becomes a game. And it's like, okay, wait, is he right now? It's like trying to figure it out. It's playing these little games that we don't even realize that we're Mm -hmm. doing. Oh yeah, absolutely. I in in the book Sex Talks, I call it the inhibition effect. Like I've found that the longer that couples are together, the more shy we tend to get around this kind of stuff. And a lot of times it's like we get stuck in this pattern of feeling like, well, we've been doing it this way for years, like you almost feel stuck. Like that just is the way that we do things. But then you start to feel resentful and annoyed and like, I don't actually like it when we do it this way. But it just can feel a lot harder to have those conversations the longer you are in the relationship. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to write this book to help couples actually start talking about these dynamics because it makes such a huge difference when you can talk about it. Okay, then I'm going to ask you, what do you think I should say? Let me explain to you our situation because I make an, even though I feel like my sex drive is a little lower and especially since I've gotten pregnant, I I don't know what it is, but I just feel like very common. It's like just really hard for me to get in the mood, but I do make an effort. Like I don't like to go longer than a week and a half without having sex for his sake, not my own. (laughs) Let's be clear. Mm -hmm. But um, we are in this routine of what we're used to and what we do. I'm not to the point where I'm resentful. I'm happy as a clam with what we have. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he could. I don't he hasn't told me, but because I feel like his his sexuality is a lot stronger right now or his sexual like mm-hmm. that is a lot stronger right now, he has to be feeling resentful of me. Like how could he not? I'm delivering the same thing every time, every week and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how do I how do I have these conversations and how do I bring this up? 
Okay. So I don't know that he necessarily is feeling resentful, but the best way to address this is to share with your partner. Like if things are, if you're in a season of life where your sex life just isn't where you want it to be. And I do want to normalize like during pregnancy, that's a very tough time for a lot of women. Like you're growing a whole ass human being. Your body is devoting its resources to that human being. It's not as available for resources like sex drive. It's like, no, this little growing human being is a little bit more important right now. Right. Not going to lie. That makes me feel a lot better. Thank you. It's very, (laughs) very normal. (laughs) Um, So what happens for a lot of people is when we get into like a dry spell, or things just aren't the way that we want them to be. We don't want to talk about it because it's like, we don't even want to be in the dry spell. We don't want to acknowledge it. So it kind of becomes the elephant in the room that we don't want to talk about. But what happens in that sort of situation is that both partners can start developing stories in their head of what's really going on. So he might be thinking like, man, we're not really having sex. She hasn't mentioned anything about it. Maybe she's just not into me anymore. Maybe she doesn't like if she's not attracted to me anymore. Oh, so that's we can so all, sad. That would make right? me feel so sad if I thought that's if I if that's what he's thinking. Yeah. So we can go to these really dark places in our heads, and women can do this too. We can, of course, go to like, yeah, he's not attracted to me anymore. Or she's not attracted to me anymore. Whatever it is. So if you actually talk about it out loud, and so here's the script that you can say to him is like look, my sex drive is just not where I would like it to be. I'm pregnant. I'm feeling X, Y, Z. I'm dealing with ABC, whatever it is. But I want you to know you're important to me. Our intimacy is important to me. Our love is important to me. And I want us to be able to get back to a place where we're really prioritizing it and having fun. So just that phrase, making it really clear to your partner, like this is not what I want right now. I want us to be in a good place. Like just that acknowledgement makes all the difference in the world. Even if you're not, even if you're saying like, I can't change anything right now, I'm still pregnant. I am going to be pregnant for a while. Even if you can't make any changes, it's still like, I want us to at some point get back to a good place. That makes such a huge difference. That was so sweet and loving. Like how could anyone get mad at that? Right? I'm not going to go listen to this back, write it down verbatim, memorize it, just like walk out <laughs> and say that exact thing. So like after I say that to him, okay, after I say that, if I want to switch up the routine, can you just tell me how to do that? I yeah, don't like know the actual- how to do it. The, like what you guys do during what sex? we yeah how do I like how do we switch uh-huh. it up when we're so used to it's like the same <laughs> location the same way to start like you know what I mean yeah. during Hartford's nap time oh <laughs> like, yeah yeah <laughs> no this is part of the inhibition effect too like in sex talks I talk about you know when we start dating somebody it's like we're doing all these creative things and we're getting wild and trying new things and the longer we are in a relationship, the more narrow our repertoire becomes. And it gets to the point where most people in a long-term relationship, if you ask them, describe to me the sex that you have, like they can script it out to the minute. Yeah, (laughs) so I can. (laughs) It's like, you know exactly what's coming. And so here's the big problem with that. I talk in the book as well about what I call the enjoyment desire connection. A lot of people do not put these two things together. If the sex that you're having is boring, it's predictable, it doesn't feel that exciting, even if it feels like what you said earlier, like I'm doing it more for him than I am for me, why would we crave that? 
it doesn't make any th- it doesn't make any sense to crave something that's not enjoyable. Like, do you? Well, ever- I just want to like I do enjoy having sex yes, with my husband. Yeah, yeah. I don't want like anyone to think that that's like <laughs> I'm sitting here complaining about that. Like, I love having sex with him. I just it is we are on a routine. Yeah, yeah. So like so, we well, do do I'm the same more thing. To, like yeah, to somebody who feels like you know I just don't really get anything out of it because a lot of people will tell me that. So if that's the case for you and you're listening, like ask yourself like does it make sense to crave the sex that I'm having? So a lot of times I'll say like, okay, do you ever crave like eating a bowl of steamed mushy broccoli? Never. And do you judge yourself? (laughs) Like what's wrong with me that I don't like steamed mushy broccoli? No, of course not. Like we, we make that connection in other areas of our lives and it's important to make it with sex. So in your case though, if it's like, Hey, it's good. Like there's nothing wrong with it, but it's just like, it's the same thing. You know, that's, that's another piece of it as well that a lot of people experience. And again, there is some amount of like, we're not going to get super excited for something that just feels like, yeah, it's, it's good, but it's not like feeling exciting to me. So conversation five in sex talks is all about exploration, trying new things in the bedroom, because research actually has found that when we try new things in or out of the bedroom with our partner, that lights us up. That makes us feel so excited. We see our partner in a new way. It makes it feel like we're back in that dating stage of like still getting to know them. And they're so interesting and fascinating. So trying new things is the key here. But a lot of people get freaked out about that because they're like, well, I don't even like know what to try. I don't you know. Feel it's very like, creative. how do you? In- yeah, I don't feel creative. <laughs> and like, how do you initiate like a new thing without feeling like a weirdo of being like, yes. just, without his, like the other person being like, so what gave you this idea? <laughs> like, <laughs> what have you been watching? What gave you this idea? <laughs> that's why I always love podcast. I mean, that's a huge reason why we have a podcast is we're like, just listen to this and be like, Hey, I, I, I heard something really interesting on a podcast today. It's a great conversation. Totally. <laughs> but, um, so the best I'm all about like breaking it down into steps that feel manageable because a lot of us get so freaked out about sex, but with trying new things, a great first step is just think about what are some of the things that we used to do that we don't really do anymore. So they're not new, like brand new. I've never done this before, but it's like, yeah, we haven't done that in a while. And it could even be like, maybe it's just spending a little bit more time on some of the steps that you go through. But I think most, most people can think of like, oh yeah, at the beginning of the relationship, like we used to do more oral sex or we used to play with toys more often, or we used to experiment with different positions. So those are all great starting points. So you could, when you bring it up with your partner, you could either say like, I overheard this on a podcast or another one of my favorite suggestions is to think about one of your favorite sexual memories with your partner, maybe something from that early stage and just tell your partner like, you know what popped into my head today? That time that we were on that trip and we did like X, Y, (laughs) Z. You're just like making it feel fun and flirtatious and sexy. Like, of course, if you approached your partner and you're like, we do the exact same thing every single time and I'm really bored of it. And I would like us to do something different. Like, of course that's going to hurt their feelings, right? Like that's awful. But if it's like, yeah, you know what? Just like popped into my head. I was thinking about that time. That was really fun. Like that makes your partner feel excited. It feels flirtatious. It brings back some of that like spicy energy between the two of you. And then it makes them want to like, oh, let's recreate that. Let's do that again. That was fun. I love that. 
am ridiculously excited about this next sponsor because I don't know how I would have been able to parent without it. Like when I do lists of like top five or top 10 things you need for a new baby, this is maybe my number one. And that is the hatch sound machine. And yeah, they're a sponsor now. And what's even more exciting is there is a new and improved second generation hatch rest that makes sleep better and more magical for your entire family. So the all-in-one hatch rest is a smart sleep device with a sound machine and nightlight that grows with your kids. You guys, it's amazing. It's so easy to use. Bo and I, even when we go on trips, we pack it in our suitcase because no other freaking sound machine compares to the hatch. And it's just so easy. You can, you download the Hatch app and you just like have the Hatch app on your phone. And when I tell you like the interface, I can't even use, I can't believe I just used the word interface, but I think that's what it's called. But like when you click on the app, it is so simple. You just adjust the sound, you pick the sound you want. And there's all these different like types of sounds. There's water sounds, there's white noise, there's the like laundry going, there's lullaby sounds, there's everything. And you can pick a bunch of different colors if you want it to be a nightlight. I mean, it is so easy to use. I like can't rave about it more. And I'm just so honored that they're a podcast sponsor because like, Oh my God. So right now, Hatch is offering our listeners up to 15% off your purchase of a Hatch Rest and free shipping at hatch.co slash Stasi. So if you're ready for improved sleep for your kids and yourself, go to hatch.co slash Stasi to get up to 15% off and free shipping. That's hatch.co slash Stasi. Could you teach me how to dirty talk? <laughs> Because (laughs) that is something I know that I could be better at. I tense up and I'm like, Mm -hmm. I really don't have the words. I don't know. And I get embarrassed and shy. And I'm like, did I even used to dirty talk? I can't remember, but I must have. But like, (laughs) I know that he would want me to be more vocal. You guys, the more I talk about our sex life, the more I'm like, God, I'm boring as fuck, aren't I? Oh no! I think you're describing (laughs) the things that you're describing. I think 95% of couples in long-term relationships are just listening along like, Oh yeah, that's me too. Ooh, uh uh-huh. Me too. So you're definitely not (laughs) abnormal. Um, and with dirty talk, like this is something that a lot of people are uncomfortable with. I was uncomfortable with like even being a sex therapist. I really struggled with it. I had this hilarious experience with Xander, like early on in our relationship, he's a great dirty talker and I would like love listening to him. And one day he, he was like, you know, you can respond. Yeah, no, that literally sounds like Bo because he's good at it. And then he says, he will literally say something like that. And I feel like, I I, I, I love you. (laughs) That's all I got. (laughs) So yeah, we, we made a whole guide about it. We love like creating guides that are really practical, like showing people all this, all this stuff about sex that we feel like we're supposed to know, but we don't, we have a dirty talk guide. I will send it to you, but tell me like, what is it that feels uncomfortable to you? Is it like, I feel uncomfortable saying the words out loud. I just don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I don't feel uncomfortable saying the words out loud. It's like I get put on the spot Mm -hmm. and I'm like, I don't know what I literally, my mind goes blank. Like, Mm -hmm. so I just want to just like repeat what he says or something. And then it makes me laugh because I'm like, I can't just repeat back everything he's saying to me. (laughs) So I just like panic and like, don't do it. 
Yeah. Okay. So I got a couple of ideas for you. One is you can get his help with this. So outside of the bedroom, like maybe right after we record this, go ask him and say like, Hey, I want to get a little bit better at dirty talk. I'm feeling a little bit shy and embarrassed about it. I'm curious to know from you, like, what are some specific things that you think would be so hot to hear me say in the moment? Oh, and then, great idea. Yeah. So write them down so you remember them. But like, you're like, you're going to know their examples from him. He would be turned on. So that'll give you so much more confidence in the moment to bust one of those out because it came totally. from him. <laughs> 100%. I've never thought of that. That is such a good idea. <laughs> Yeah. And especially if he's good at it, like, and he does it, you know, use some of that expertise, have him kind of coach you through it. So you get a couple of phrases from him that you know, are going to feel good. And then this might sound silly, but like when you're alone, just practice saying them a few times. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, Vanessa. (laughs) (laughs) You're lucky that we didn't uh, come up with these beforehand because I might have made you do it during the recording. (laughs) (laughs) That would have been so funny. Oh, my God. But I think like a lot of surprisingly, a a surprising amount of dirty talk is just like remembering those phrases in the moment. I have that same experience sometimes too of like, wait, what? Like, What am I supposed to say? So just practice them a few times. It's like just the repetition. You've got to like memorize it in a certain sense. There's no shame in that. Like sometimes it's just like really remembering like, oh yeah, okay, that's the phrase. That's good. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just as simple as asking him what he wants to hear ahead of time and then just Mm -hmm. memorizing that shit. Like, wow. Okay. (laughs) And honestly, that's got to work. Yeah. I mean, if he's a good good dirty talker, like he could come up with a few phrases and, and then, you know, like some good ideas, some good starting points. Okay. So for couples that are kind of new, I saw that you did a TikTok that was like, um, it was either like the three things or the three conversations you should have about sex before you get married or mm. something like that. Mm-hmm. Can you explain those to us uh, to, Oh, I hope I had those conversations before I got married. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think it is important. A lot of times people think about talking about sex as like, oh, it's something that you only do like once you're in a really serious relationship or once you're married or whatever it is. And one of the points that we really wanted to convey with sex talks is it's valuable to have these conversations no matter what stage in the relationship you're in. And honestly, like if you start talking about sex, even early stages, like when you're dating somebody, it's a great way to gauge your compatibility with somebody. It's a great way to like lay this foundation of of being able to talk about sex so that when things inevitably do feel like they become trickier or more complicated, like you have that foundation to fall back on. So really any of the five conversations from sex talks and their acknowledgement, that's just getting comfortable with starting to talk about sex. And that is that exercise that I mentioned earlier of like finding one of your favorite sexual memories and sharing it with your partner that is in that chapter just a great way to like get started do you do you, yeah. going along with that that first step do you have any advice for people who are trying to get their partner to open up because i'm sure that's a thing that like mm-hmm. that that you you put yourself out there and you try to communicate and have this discussion but the your partner isn't ready for that or isn't as open as you are. Like, how do you get them to without like 
just pressuring them. Okay, so the mistake that most of us make is that we go in hot and heavy with the questions. We get excited and then we go to our partner like, yeah, tell me what turns you on and what's your secret fantasy and what do you want to hear me dirty talk? And sometimes like if you have a really shy partner and you guys have never talked about sex before, you don't have that positive foundation, your partner's going to be a little caught off guard and is very likely to give you that kind of reaction of like, I don't know, what, what do you do? So instead lead with vulnerability. So share with your partner your answer to that question first and then ask them. So, you know, instead of saying like, yeah, what's your favorite sexual memory with me? That's why we lead with like, here's my favorite sexual memory. Do any come to mind for you? So if your partner sees that you're willing to be vulnerable, you have an answer, like you're willing to have these conversations, that's going to make them feel so much more comfortable opening up. The other piece of it is like, give them a little bit of time too. So if you approach your partner and you've been thinking for days about like, okay, what's my favorite sexual memory? Which one do I want to share with my partner? Like you've had that time to answer the question. So if you have a partner who tends to respond to things like, I don't know, like I can't think of anything, then change the question for them and say like, I'm curious to know what your answer is. Come back to and tell me tomorrow or something like that. So you're not putting them on the spot of I've had a whole day to think about it. Now you tell me in this moment, what's your exact answer? Totally. Great advice. Okay. So then the (laughs) next, so the, so that's the first conversation Mm -hmm. or the first, what is the second? The second conversation is connection. What do we need to feel close to each other? And I think a lot of people have been surprised to see that chapter in a book about sex. But I believe that emotional and physical intimacy are so deeply entwined with each other. And if you're not feeling close to your partner, it's not very likely that you're going to want to be intimate with them. And this is especially true in long-term relationships where a lot of us like parenting is another great example here. Like once you start to have kids, the emotional connection between the two of you changes. And sometimes you're in such seasons of survival. You're so exhausted. You're so overwhelmed that you don't feel close to your partner at all. So if you're in a season like that, where you're just feeling disconnected, like we have to work on creating that emotional connection first so that then it doesn't feel like you get into bed at the end of the night and you're like, who's a stranger crawling into bed? Like, who are you? right? Like you have to be able to feel close to your partner. So it's it's understanding what are the ways that the two of you can feel close throughout the day. So one very practical thing that people can do like right after listening to this is expressing some gratitude for your partner. So we've all heard this, like, but I think a lot of us roll our eyes at like, yeah, okay, I'll do my gratitude journal next. But no, it really, really is in- so important. I'm telling you, it is. It is. Grab, having gratitude, writing it down, putting that out into the world. I was never like, I've never been like a live, laugh, love type of girl, yeah. but like that, it's <laughs> so important. That is really important. Yeah. And there's even a study that found that gratitude was the number one predictor of marital success number one. So like, that's how powerful it is. And the great thing about gratitude is it's free and it's super easy. So no matter how exhausted you are, how little time you have, how stressed out you are, you could take three seconds to just say something you appreciate about your partner. Like, Hey, I saw that you unloaded the dishwasher today. I really appreciate that. So just expressing those little moments of gratitude, you'll be shocked at how much closer you can feel in literally three seconds. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, so that's that's a great a great place to start. 
Is this also where like learning each other's love languages comes mm-hmm. in? Is, is, is yeah. it number two? The love this- languages are within that chapter for sure of helping us understand like what are the specific ways that we like to give and receive love because that's another big miscommunication from people. If you don't know about the love languages, like you're probably showing your partner love in the ways that you would want to receive it, but that might right. not feel particularly meaningful to your partner. Totally. I think we've all had experiences of that. <laughs> you're like, you do something for your partner and they're like, Okay, cool. Like, what? But I I thought you would appreciate that so much. Totally. Okay, Um, so then number three would be... Number three is desire. What do we need to feel turned on and to get excited about sex? So in that chapter, we talk about the different sex drive types. We talk about ways of initiating sex, not doing the boob honk, <laughs> not doing that. <laughs> um, so that one's all about, yeah, understanding like in the moment, how do we actually get excited about being physically intimate? That is sometimes like even hard. Like I'm trying to think about right now, like, well, what is it? that I need to feel desire. And I don't even know. (laughs) Like, it's hard to like, actually like think back, think on, like, how do you even land there? Yeah, there's so many things like that in the book where we we give framework. So I came up with this model that I called the initiation styles. And again, it's very similar to the love languages, but this is how we like sex to be initiated. So I found throughout the course of my work that there are like six different styles. And these are, you know, different ways that we really feel excited about intimacy being initiated. And they're really different from each other. So it's another classic example of like, if you don't understand what you like or what your partner likes, it's hard to do the things that are going to turn you on. So for example, one of the types is called take care of me. And for this type, you actually like there to be a sense of relaxation around initiation. So you like if your partner just like takes care of things for you, like maybe they take over doing whatever chore or task you were doing in the moment. Maybe it's like a, Hey babe, I got this. I'm going to take care of the kids. I'm going to take care of finishing dinner. You go hang out, take a Vanessa, bath, have a few I'm, minutes. Literally, I have a feeling this might be one of your times. I think it is because yesterday, <laughs> oh my God, let me just say. So we just transitioned our kid into a toddler bed, like out of the crib. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we went to go try and put her down for a nap. I was trying for like 45 minutes. It felt like, and all of a sudden I'm like, I, I, I literally can't do this. She just won't stay in the crib in her new bed. And so Bo came in and did it. And then he texted me and he was like, um, and this was like the perfect day for us to have sex during her nap. Like mm-hmm. Wednesdays are always a great day for that. <laughs> and so I was like laying down while he was trying to put her down. And then he texted me and it was like, you know what? He's like, I'm just going to stay in here the whole time. He's like, you relax, do whatever you want. You deserve it. And I was like, I wish we could have sex right now. Just <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, just because <laughs> he did that. <laughs> yeah. And that's what's so interesting. Like, you know, a lot of us, we think about initiation and we think, oh, it's supposed to look like what it does in the movies. Like we just give each other the smoldering look and we're, you know, tearing each other's clothes off. I don't know how to give a smoldering look. I don't know that I've ever given a smoldering look in my life. Vanessa, I'm not joking. No, I know most of us don't. And so we feel like we feel really embarrassed. Like I can't do it the way it looks in the movies or like I'm not sexy or I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. But that's why I like 
like the initiation styles model so much is helping people realize like that's not what it needs to look like. And that's not what all of us like. So yeah, if this feels more your vibe of like, a lot of times women will tell me it's like about the sense of competence from a man too, when he's just like, I've got this, I'll take yeah. care of it. You know, it's just like, oh, you just feel yourself melt. So that's very valid to get turned on by that and to feel excited <laughs> by that. <It's, laughs> you know, he's like, I got this, I got you, you go relax. And then you have that moment to yourself and you're like, oh, actually... I want to go find my partner. Get in here. And then she just never fell asleep. So it was a missed opportunity. It never happened. (laughs) But that's a great opportunity for you to like sit with the desire that came up for you. Because this is another interesting thing when we compare it back to the early stages of dating. We would get so excited about like not being able to have sex. Like when you were totally right, like you're out at dinner and you're super turned on, but you're like, we can't right now. Right. Totally. And that like that energy and that tension could fuel you for days of like you, you would go back and be thinking about that. Like, oh my God, it was so turned on. And so this is a great way when we're in long-term relationships to like bring some of that energy back. So like sit with the frustration and the tension of like, oh, I kind of want him right now. And like, it can't happen. And let that energy like keep you excited. So the excitement level is a little bit higher for the next day, that time, <sighs> at that time. I love that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So then after desire, that's then the... F- Fourth. Fourth. Yeah. So yeah. we're into pleasure. What okay. do we each need to feel good and to have a satisfying experience? So this is where I talk about the enjoyment desire connection. And I spend a lot of time talking about the orgasm gap in male female relationships. So Can the you reality explain the orgasm gap. What is oh, that? Oh, yeah. So men in male female relationships are having orgasms way more frequently than women are. And not only that, but men think that women are having a lot more orgasms than we actually are. So there's this big discrepancy between how much enjoyment and satisfaction, and not that an orgasm is the only way to get satisfaction, but it is important for a lot of people. And so, you know, stereotypically, we do tend to think of women as being the lower sex drive partners in male-female relationships. And it's like, Well, yeah, if we think about the enjoyment desire connection, if we're not having as many orgasms, if we're not enjoying ourselves as much, and there are so many women who are having sex that it doesn't feel like there's really anything in it for them. Like, of course, our desire is going to be lower if all these things are true. So we need to close that gap, make sure that both partners in male-female relationships are getting pleasure and satisfaction. And then I think the desire piece of it will solve itself too. Well, how does that even happen? Like the only thing I can think of is like, well, then don't fake it so that they have to keep doing it some more. I I will never understand when people say that they fake orgasms. I'm like, you're only hurting yourself. You are only hurting yourself. Mm -hmm. So may as well be selfish and make them work at it for however (laughs) long it takes until you can... Have your fun. I think as women, we're taught so much BS about our bodies and about our pleasure. Like we're not supposed to masturbate. We're not supposed to be too sexual as we're growing up. We're supposed to be the ones who are putting the brakes on. And you hear all these things about like, oh, female orgasm. It's so complicated. It's so mysterious. And so a lot of us grow up and I myself, I faked orgasms 
for years. I could orgasm on my own, but I faked it with partners because I couldn't figure out how to get there. And I felt so embarrassed about it. And I felt like, you know, I don't, I don't want to be too much. And I want to like, give this message that like, oh, there's good chemistry between the two of us. And I'm like, easy to please oh, and like, not complicated. That totally makes sense. Yeah. And and so, uh, I mean, just an unbelievable amount of women fake. And then kind of like what we were talking about earlier, it's like you get caught in this pattern of like, well, I've been faking for years. Like I can't come clean with my partner now. Like I don't want to yeah. devastate my partner. So I, I think that, yeah, all, all this crap that we're taught, it makes it feel like, well, I'm in a shitty situation. And I guess the best option is just to fake it. But some really interesting research on the orgasm gap has found that it doesn't really exist in female-female relationships. So it's not that female orgasm is so much harder or it takes so much more work or it's complicated. It's like, no, it, it's exactly the same thing as male orgasm. It's just, we're not prioritizing female pleasure during you know sex. And a lot of us are faking it. That is so interesting. Wow. Yeah. Well, so if someone has, let's just say someone has been faking it for the majority of their relationship and they're listening to this podcast and they're like, you know what? I want to start now. I want to say how, what can they do? What can they say to their partner without being like, hello, I've been lying the whole time. Like <laughs> where can they begin? Yeah. So I will make a case for, for being honest with your partner. Cause I do think that it's important to remember, like we don't fake for malicious reasons. I never went into any relationships thinking like, you know what? I really want to fuck with this guy. I'm going to fake it for a few years. And then I'm going to tell him like we fake yeah. because we feel guilty and we feel bad and we feel like something's wrong with us. So I do think there, there is a, you know, a possibility of just coming clean and saying like, this is the situation that I was in and I want to be honest with you. But I know that that makes most people just like start sweating head to toe. Yeah, that's hard. It's, it's really vulnerable. So instead, there's another option that you can do, which is tell a little bit of a white lie here. So what I would say is talk to your partner outside of the bedroom, not during sex, completely separate time. And just say something to them like, you know, I've been noticing lately that what my body is responding to just seems to be different. Like even on my own, if you and your partner talk about masturbation, you can say like, even on my own. Um, but you're basically introducing this idea to them of like, yeah, I'm not quite sure why the old things aren't working as well oh, as they used to. But like, yeah, I think I would love to like try some new things out and see if we can figure out like, what is my body liking now? So you're just introducing this idea of like, hey, I'm going to want to try some different things or I'm going to want you to spend a little bit more time or, you know, do some other thing to me. But it's in a way that, you know, feels like it's not blaming them or not making them feel bad. And the reality is like our bodies do change. What we like yeah. does change over time. So it's not an unrealistic thing. So you're just kind of like, yeah, I think I need to like do a little bit more exploration, maybe on my own, a little bit with you, but just see what my body's into these days. Yes, great, easy. Like- that's a great way to initiate that conversation. Okay. Uh, yeah. Motherhood is also a good, uh, a good opportunity for that. Be like, yeah, you know, since I had the baby, it's just like things feel a little bit different. I want to, you know, need to explore this new body and see what makes it feel good. 
Use whatever excuse you can to tell the white lie, you guys. Whatever <laughs> excuse you can. Okay. And then the fifth and final is exploration. Con- yeah. Okay. Trying new things with each other, which we talked about. So there are some really fun exercises in the book. Like there's a whole list of different new things that you could try together. If you're one of those people who's like, I am not feeling creative. I don't know. What are the options? I want a menu. There is a menu that you can pick from. And like Amazing. a fun exercise that you can do with your partner to figure out what's, what are the overlaps and what you're curious about. Amazing. Well, Vanessa, thank you so much. Like I'm, I have, I've taken some notes, but I'm going to go listen. I don't normally listen back on my podcast because like, (laughs) I don't like the sound of my voice and I just cringe. I'm like, why did you say that? Why did you say this? But I'm going to listen back on this one and fully take the notes and um, Bo's can end up sending you a DM or something. Be like, thank you. Please, please. I I really want to, I want to report back. I want to know. And I'll send you the dirty talk. God, I want to hear you, hear you talking dirty. I want to do my best. You guys, um, you have to go and buy Vanessa's book, Sex Talks, and you can listen to her on her podcast with her husband, Xander, Pillow Talks. And then if you can just tell everyone where they can find you because your TikTok, y'all's TikTok is so great. Thank you. Yeah, we're on TikTok and on Instagram at Vanessa and Xander and it's Xander with an X. We're especially active on Instagram and stories. Like we show up every day. We are doing like um, just fun stuff to get the conversation started, all sorts of great stuff. And then we have uh, a ton of guides at vmtherapy.com. It's my initials, V-M-T-H-E-R-A-P-Y.com. Like I was saying earlier, we're very excited about teaching people all this stuff about sex that we feel like we're supposed to already know, but we don't. We make it really fun. So we have like foreplay guides and next level intercourse with different positions. Uh, we have challenges that couples can take like the 30-day session challenge. So there's just so much fun stuff to explore. Love it. Thank you so much. Yeah. This thank was you so, so much, much for fun. having me. I'm, I'm so honored to be the first sexpert. Yes. And I hope to talk to you again. I really am going to report back. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I owe it to my audience too. Yes. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. Thank you. Thank you. 